Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Third and 14. Four-man rush again. Fields to the end zone. More touchdown. Wide open. Touchdown, Curtis Samuel. Pass is pulled in by Moore, gets free. Washington gambles and lose the gamble that time. 56 yards, touchdown. Oh, thank goodness. I'm telling you. Bears fans of America and beyond, you needed this one. And you got it. The Chicago Bears, the monsters of the Midway. The erstwhile monsters of the Midway. And maybe once more, if some things connect. Finally, win a game. 40-20, to 20, doubling up the Washington Commanders on the road in Landover. Dan Hansis here with Mark Sessler. And um, this was a game that the Bears absolutely controlled from the start, taking a 27-3 lead into the half. Washington wakes up, and they have a chance to pull within one score in the fourth quarter. Uh, a missed field goal followed by that gamble uh, by the the Washington DB leads to the third DJ Moore touchdown of the night, the fifth Justin Fields touchdown pass of the night, and Mark Sessler the Chicago Bears get a little scare there, but ultimately such a, a positive night for the organization uh, and an important one. Bottom line. Absolutely. I mean, there was a moment where I thought, is this, um, are they doubling as the Washington generals of the NFL where it's like, you're going to kind of toy with someone, but ultimately you're the clown. Uh, could they possibly blow a 21 point lead two times in less than a week? Um, but they, they got it done, and it's like a, they snap a 14-game losing streak. And this is an organization, because I think Bears fans 
have quietly been through. We talk about the Jets, the Browns, other organizations. Like, they've been through a lot. Like, they haven't had a 14-game losing streak since the Chicago Bears were the Chicago Cardinals um, that lost 14 games back when you didn't play 1,000 games in a season from 1942 to 1945. So it's been a long time. These guys have been through a drought. And if you look at the last... If you look at what they, I know they lost the Broncos game, but like if you look at that game and what Justin Fields did in that game and you pair it with tonight and you pair it with some other aspects and you look at DJ Moore, who like um, the box score for the ages, eight catches, 230 yards, three touchdowns. It's a confusing state for Bears fans because like, there is hope here. And like you, you kind of saw like Luke Getze's offense, um, which dazzled down the stretch last year start to take hold tonight. They absolutely dominated in certain plays. Big plays were starting to be produced. I just don't know if I can believe it. Like, even, like, the defense, which had two sacks coming into this game, um, a pass rush, which, you know, Greg and I got into an argument about on on one of our shows. It's like, are they real or not? Like, they blew up tonight. Um, Everything kind of came together. I feel like that's how Thursday night football is, but I thought this would be Washington's Thursday night football coronation. Um, I really believe in Sam Howell, but it went in a totally different direction. And Chicago came in and completely disrupted that coronation and created a disruptive poem that went in the wrong way for Washington. Yeah, and let's not let's not get it twisted. And uh, Commanders fans that are listening right now, and good job by you. You have our eternal respect. They've been through it too. I mean, they've been through a really, really rough century so far uh, that you finally feel like there's some hope with Daniel Snyder's ass out the door. And you got the Josh Harris, bad beat for Harris when they come back from commercial when it's 27-3 or whatever, and he's he's yucking it up and showing people his phone. Uh, that's that's things you'll learn as the owner. You have to be very stern in your etiquette and and know that the camera can find you anytime. Uh, but, and it felt like that was going to be like kind of what uh, this night was going to be, just a, an ugly, grim night for the commanders when, like you said, it felt like this was going to be a celebration of a new era for Washington football. And that could still happen. This is still a team that has talent, that has ability. The young quarterback does do things every time you watch him that gets you excited. And maybe Sam Howell will continue uh, to develop, uh, but this was not the commander's night. And, and you could say to the, about this bears performance, well, don't get too excited. I mean, they're still, just one in four. There's still a lot of things wrong with this team. They, they came very close to letting this one get away in the way that they let last week's get away. But I think it's so, uh, in terms of morale and this idea that there is something building here, you will absolutely um, be over the moon when you, when you know that I said, uh, Mark, one of the worst feelings uh, as a sports fan or just in life is when something really bad happens. And then, you know, when you wake up the next morning, it's the first thing that you'll remember. Oh, wait, that bad thing happened. (laughs) That's happened a lot for Chicago fans. They get to wake up in the morning and go revisit the box score where Justin Fields averaged almost 10 yards an attempt. He threw four touchdown passes. Excuse me. It was five, right? Correct. Four. It was four touchdown passes, according to this box score. My bad. Uh and uh, you'll look at DJ Moore, the guy that was brought here, that was uh, his job was to be a true number one for this kid quarterback that you believed in, that you traded the number one overall pick away for because you thought if we just give him a surrounding cast and we give him a true number one, he, he will blossom. And after a very poor start to the season, 
You've seen that these last two weeks. Fields all of a sudden does not look helpless. In fact, he looks quite dangerous uh, with DJ Moore, who has, yes, like you said, one of the great performances in the history of Thursday Night Football, which has been on for about 10 years now. So, yeah, we don't know what the rest of the season holds, and maybe this is a blip in the radar. But it's also possible, Mark, that the Bears, after a horrendous start to the season, are finding their footing on offense now. And while they're probably not going to the playoffs and they're probably not going to the Super Bowl, that does not mean that this is not a season where they can continue to grow. And it's just that it's a night that creates optimism in Chicago. And the thought of that even being possible uh, a week or so ago it was, you know, it felt impossible. Yeah. And I think like we live in a world um, football wise with no patience where it's like, oh, you're a rebuild. Um, you've got five weeks to rebuild the program. It's like this team, uh, was a disaster a year ago. And, 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 and part of it is coaching, but if you're Matt Eberflus and you're one, not unlike those Bears fans, you wake up tomorrow morning and you can look at where you were at halftime. Because I think it's like these games get a little bit out of hand, but like at halftime, the Bears had 307 yards of offense and his defense, Matt Eberflus's defense, against a solid weapons, not I wouldn't say weapons rich, but weapons equipped uh, commander's offense, they had 84 yards. 20 minutes of 19 minutes of possession for the Bears, 122 yards of rushing, 13 for com the Commanders. I don't know what happened to their ground game tonight. It it vanished. They dominated in every possible way. And and part of me a little bit, it's like everyone is killing Eberflus left and right and for good reason, okay? And but it's Ron Rivera a little bit to me that stands out um in these game situations cuz this is the guy that uh I think everyone is, we respect Ron Rivera. He's a nice person. Um, he's going to give you a nice solid season year after year. You're not going to go too high. You're not going to go too low. But it's like th there was one decision tonight that stood out for me that separated um, a difference-making opportunity for the commanders. They're down 27 to 11 late in the third quarter. Fourth and two from Chicago's 13, and he kicks a field goal. I mean, it, like this was Riverboat Ron. The riverboat, at this point, has been shot down by alien nuclear satellites. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why, like, why are we not taking our young team and saying, we believe in us, we're going to go for it? I get I there's get a lot it. of time left, but I, I just, I don't know. It just, it seems to me like a, a bit of a departure from the norm where it's like, what what makes this coaching staff special? And like, it, it, you're kind of leaving the entire, you're, like that, you're, you may not get that close again. And it's like that fourth and two from the 13, you got to, you have to go for it. Um, I see why you would. And I, I'm wondering what the analytics said, the, the old go for it or kick, um, where they came down on that in terms of win probability. I was okay with it only because it just seemed the, the way these types of games go, you could feel it. You could sense it. Like with respect to Claybon, the momentum had clearly shifted and it was, they had a chance to continue to put points on the board. It was still early in the second half. And to that point, Joey Sly lines up for a 46-yard field goal, which in today's game is a kick. You expect your kicker to pipe. Uh, and he, he makes that kick, and it's a seven-point game with five minutes to play. And he doesn't make the kick. And so I think the way he played it, taking the points then was looking at the long game and feeling like they had really, they were starting to really gather momentum in this game. Um, so I didn't have a big issue with it, but I see what you're saying. Like, this is the guy that in Carolina had the nickname, which is one of the great all-time coach nicknames of Riverboat Ron, and you you expect him 
uh, to to roll the dice there, and he didn't. And yeah, and if you're a Commanders fan and you agree with Mark's take, I get it. In general, this was a deeply frustrating night because, like we said, this felt like it was supposed to be a celebration for the organization, and instead, you totally no show. Uh, you go give up a touchdown on a, a vicious coverage bust to start the game, and you go down. You go to the locker room down twenty seven three, and it's just like what. What are we doing here? So there's a lot of frustration on the Washington side. I think the the second half mark was very, um, it felt predictable. Uh, and it, it was my concern because I really was rooting h- hard for Chicago. I just, I don't know, I guess hapless teams, they stick together. And, and these are kind of two hapless teams in the last 20 years or so. But um, when they started to get a little more conservative and they were having these like 90 second drives and then they were letting Sam Howell go up and down the field. I, I really had an ominous feeling that this was going to be a second collapse. There was a play that I was certain would be the one you would remember from this game where the, the commanders had, had scored uh, maybe even had scored 10 points to cut into the lead. And on a third and about five, uh, fields rolled to his left, feeling pressure. He goes, he sees Khalil Herbert, who's all by himself on the sideline. If he can get the ball to Herbert, he's walking into the end zone, 40 yards for a touchdown. Instead, Fields, uh, in the in, with a hand in his face, out of fairness, shorts the ball. It skips to Herbert, who wrenches his knee and is out for the game pretty much from that point with an injury. And then they punt, which leads to, I believe, another score for Washington. It was like, oh, my God, this is happening. So credit Chicago for not letting this thing get away. And credit to Matt Eberflus and the offense for getting aggressive, Mark, on that last touchdown to DJ Moore after the slime miss. They could have done the thing that so many coaches do when they're scared and trying to just run out the clock and run the ball three times and then punt again. But he called a pass from Fields to Moore, which had worked beautifully all night. And one more time, DJ Moore was the better player. He took it to the house, and away we go. It's celebration time. Yeah, it's like this was the coaching scenario, coaching effort that you would want from Eberflus and the Bears coaches. Like it, it, it looked like a team that is rebuilding, that's taking steps. Um, I could point to a play too. They're down twenty-seven to eleven. The Commanders, Logan Thomas. He basically had the bar like the ball jar loose from by Terrell Smith at the Bears 46. Like in that that to me, like that, like the Bears defense made a big play. Um, there was also hidden among all the other DJ Moore big catches, a 32-yard grab that basically set up a field goal that made it 32, 30 to 14. Like these little moments where the Bears could have collapsed. And like I, I mean, we were texting during this, and I was like, you know what? This is like NFL, every NFL game, it's gonna go to I know it's gonna go to overtime. We're going to deal with the Bears and Commanders in like a fifth period. And instead, like the Bears found their way out of these little moments over and over. And uh, we haven't seen them do that. They just haven't done that. And like it was a bit of a different coaching scenario, a bit of coaching effort. And so like I appreciate that from that side of it. If you're a Bears fan, like I don't know if you're rooting for this coaching staff to survive or not. Like, I mean, we haven't seen a lot. And so this is a little ray of hope. Um, a little open window. I don't know what it, like a game like this, like I, I struggle to make too, to put too much meaning on a Thursday night game between the commanders and bears and say, we're in a new direction here. I think that's what, that's what happens with TNF, but it's like, we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange setup. Um, for me, Chicago, like you needed this, you got it. We'll see. We'll see what the carryover yeah, is. I, I hope it's not coming off that way. Like, all of a sudden, the Bears are fine, and Justin Fields will no, realize I don't think his so. potential. But, but 
that's two straight games that now to where they right. started the season this he actually it's interesting he did run the ball effectively uh but he was again it's not like when fields was hot as a pistol in the middle of last season last november or so where he was just carving teams up for 120 yards on the ground and just running roughshod over defenses like these last two games he's he's looked a lot sharper as a passer which that's what will make him a star and if you can continue to build off these last two weeks uh you have a lot to be excited about and you look at their upcoming schedule the vikings defense up next that's not overly um daunting you have the the raiders after that and then they're in Los Angeles against the Chargers after that. So there's a chance here. Maybe the Bears aren't going to win all or any of these games. But I feel like the the runway is now set up for Fields to really kind of find himself and, and start building in what's such a pivotal uh, year for him in his development. So good stuff. There's there's a couple things, Mark. A couple other things here. Did you have any other thoughts uh, um, on the other side of the ball before we move on about Washington? Well, the one thing I'd say is like, because I – when I say that the game doesn't ultimately have like universal meaning, um, you know, it maybe it will, but like I, I think that like I came out of it being like my biggest note was my fifth week of watching Sam Howell, and the you know five weeks now maybe it changes, but like there's something about him. He's not a massive physical specimen. Um, he's not perfect. He's not teaching us how to throw the ball compared to all of the quarterbacks. But it's like, there's something about him that I believe in. And like, I, I kind of just want him to be in a situation that's stable, that allows him to grow. And like, he's got some weapons around him, but it's like, I, I he's fascinating to watch. And like, I know they lost and he's getting killed behind. It's like the, he, he walks into sacks, like he's making some mistakes, but there's something about him that I dig. And I, it's not just, I know he seems a little Baker Mayfieldish, but it's like, um, I, I don't know what, what his future is, but like I came out of this again being like, there's something about Sam Howell that I just dig. I like he's I like he makes me too. want to watch the commanders, you know? I like him too. There's only he had the one wipeout game, um, what was it against Buffalo? Uh, yeah. but otherwise has been really fun to watch. And again, like he's more athletic than Baker. Like he's more athletic than Ryan Fitzpatrick, some other guys that might kind of come to mind in terms of the, the his build, the way he some of those scrambles, like, <laughs> like Fran Tarkenton or something, the way he, he dodges, bounces off tackles. He had one scramble in the red zone where it was a third and forever or second and forever. I think it was a third and forever. And he he bounces off numerous guys. He toe, he toe taps along the sideline, then cuts back in, which is not necessarily what you want from your quarterback. But that's just his character. And he's he's a guy that kept slinging. He's, he's kind of exactly the quarterback. You never want to be down 27-3. Uh, but he's the type of quarterback that can throw you back into the game uh, like a Baker, like a Fitzpatrick, uh, if he starts feeling it and the other defense starts to let up a little bit. So that's part of the reason this game became a game in the second half. Uh, so I'm with you totally on that, um, and it's fun to watch. Now, a couple things. From FedEx Field. Uh, you know, we have Young and Sweaty, the combination of Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Today they combined in a losing effort. Let's let's not get over the moon about Washington's defense today. They combined for two sacks and five QB hits. In general, they're starting to fulfill that promise together, and it helps that they have Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen there as well. Uh, the movement, the Young and Sweaty uh, nickname movement gained some significant steam. Uh, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you could see the tweet that Big Funk is putting up right now. Uh, we have uh, uh, Melissa Buckley. Thank you. The tradition lives on. And she's got a young 
uh, headband. It's a, it's a head white headband that says young across it. And then a buddy doing the plus sign. And then her, her friend, I assume her friend could be her enemy. Maybe that's well, why we the man know. is in between yeah, uh, with a headband that says sweaty. So I think it's real. And now it's just a matter of us continue uh, Washington fans to send us young and sweaty support for the great nickname of the, era. Uh, this is Dan, this is, um, you know, we, part of our job is to come up with monikers, nicknames and, and move and to attempt to start movements. And some of them go dry. Some of them take off. And like, uh, I think this is a big step here. Um, what I love the most about it is when they get separated and you've got the girl on the right walking around the stadium, uh, that's a tough one. Yeah. She's got to go do what she's going to do. And she's got to wearing a headband just that says sweaty, which it's not a bad thing. It's just like, it raises some questions. I'm not sure what she's attempting to tell people, but when you get them together, you get it. So quite frankly it's the better it's the better trade-off it's the uh, better. but yeah. an, another woman just walking around the concourse with a headband that says young on it is also kind of a weird thing if you want to think it about is. it that way it's a bit of a brag i guess i don't know it's like it, that it depends who like she both of them fit both of them are doing fine in the role like a different pair of um representatives would struggle potentially like sweaty would work with a lot of people that i know like young not so much uh another news item um around the Bears on this otherwise joyous uh, evening in Chicago. Bears general manager, uh, he ended any any thought that Chase Claypool will ever, ever play another snap uh, for the Bears, uh, the wide receiver who they acquired for a 32nd overall pick uh, last year, just last year. He was on ESPN 1000, their pregame radio show today, and this was his quote, Mark. I don't know if you saw this. I think Chase, which is Claypool, uh, is going to learn from this situation. We all will. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I won't trade uh, basically a first round pick uh, for a malcontent wide receiver. Uh, we all will. And I wish him luck moving forward throughout his career. He gone. He gone. I mean, it's like a, it's an interesting, this was sort of the flush out uh, toxins week for the NFL. Cause we just saw like JC Jackson who completely failed uh, with the chargers go back to new England. He's going back home. It's like, Chase Claypool, not going to go back to Pittsburgh, I'd imagine. But like, um, you know, the one thing I'd say, like some of these GMs, it's like, I guess if you wanted to be real, like we talked about mission accomplished and way to go brownie during our show today. It's like, if you really want to dig in, yeah, you just, but you could just stick with these guys that you failed with. Like, we're going to keep you because we just refuse to acknowledge we failed. It's like, we're going to flush these guys out. We get it. Like we're moving on. Um, I like that at least like, let's, I don't want to hear four more weeks of Chase Claypool drama in Chicago. I don't, we don't hear about that anymore. I don't know if it helps Ryan Poles's, um trade leverage, but I don't imagine he had much uh, uh, to start with. And and he in that same conversation, he also talked about the reasoning behind the doom trade. Uh, he said they wanted to add another receiver to the offense, not only to help us be more productive, but also to help Justin take the next step. Uh, so that was the thought process then. And I think, again, trying to on a, on a positive night for the Bears, they now have that guy. The guy that they wanted Chase Claypool to be, and they miscast him from the very beginning, uh, is DJ Moore. And they in that trade where they sent the number one overall pick to Charlotte, getting more in their building, uh, what you've seen in these last two weeks, that, that could change the entire trajectory of Fields' career. So Ryan Poles still has a job after... Uh, one of the worst trades of the decade, and maybe DJ Moore will help save it going forward. Um, finally, Mark, this is a uh, bittersweet day for the Bears because on the on the same day that they wiped out the Commanders on Thursday Night Football, we learned that Dick Buckus, uh, one of the most famous of all Chicago Bears, 
uh, passed away at the age of 80. Uh, Hall of Famer, uh, nine-year career, started in 1965. Known as like a giant amongst uh, his peers, a middle linebacker who was um, uh, well-known and feared by contemporaries as a guy that was vicious in terms of how he hard he would hit you. He, he said in uh, interviews uh, after his career, like he wanted to be the type of player that when you get hit by him, they don't even have to get up and say who hit them. They say this by feeling it, you knew it was a Dick Butkus hit. And in a lot of ways, he, he's emblematic of what the NFL was uh, in the mid 20th century and, and kind of a legendary figure and icon of that era of the sport. Uh, so to lose him today is very sad, but uh, the man lived an incredible life at that, uh, that spanned not just football, uh, but also as a, a very well-known celebrity uh, pitch man and also actor. He showed up in movies and TV shows, just kind of an American giant in terms of uh, what he did in his life. Yeah, it was like sort of the first multi platform star in a way um i mean we were of relatively the same age where we grew up where uh you know dick buck has finished his career he played from 65 to 73 with the bears i was born in 73 so it's like we didn't watch him in person but there was no way you became a football fan in the 80s early 90s without not having dick dick buck like lead off kind of like the highlight reel that would lead you into pregame shows. It's like he was still a massive figure in terms of like the way that someone today would think of, frankly, like Peyton Manning. Like it's like he's removed, but not that far removed. And it's like still the star that you look back on. Or if you're a basketball fan, a Michael Jordan, where it's like everyone knows this person. And, and you know, the Bears are the weird team out there that's like somehow have spent six decades fashioning their image off of inside and linebackers in general. It's like, there's no other team doing that, but they, they are. And like, I think it started with him. And um, I mean, I grew up watching and buying vid like VHS tapes about like the NFL's most devastating hits from 1986. It's like, they don't, they don't produce that anymore, but like Butkus in general would always be like on these like historical biggest hits, devastating and knock you out with a forearm kind of guy. But then like, you and I watch TV shows that he suddenly became, I wouldn't say cuddly, but he kind of play his tough self, but be have a cuddly side of his on MacGyver. Um, I, I think I saw about 200 episodes of my two dads. Um, he was featured on that. Like largely it's like, I knew him in two different ways and it's was like, he one of the dads it, in my two dads. No, no, he was definitely not. No, no, no. Yeah. He would not have played I, that role. But um, yeah. I will say this is a really weird side note, but the daughter on my two dads, um, Stacy Keenan. I was in a oh, yeah. screenwriting class, okay? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, there was a competition in our little class to have your screenplay read, and, and mine got to the end. And like, they brought in some. Our, our guy that w like taught the class started um, Different Strokes. He that that show, and so like he knew all these actors and actresses, and brought in Stacy Keenan to lead like the fit in the main female role. And I'm like sitting there as like a twenty something year old like freaking out because it's the girl from my two dads but mm. that is like the my kevin bacon one step removed from dick putkus <laughs> like she spent a ton of time on set with dick butkus and it's like he spanned all these different roles and stuff but really his imprint on the nfl i would say is like a top five top 10 person that moved the nfl from stage a to b to c um and gave it a national presence and then as an actor i think always you hark back to who he was um 
just an un- incredible figure and an incredible Chicago Bears. It's like the Bears really haven't changed that much to me and who they are, who their fans are, what they love, what they fall for, who they fall for. And he's still at that center, that epicenter. And it's like, man, it's like it, it, you lose. You lose, We're at the point where we're losing these NFL people left and right and, and people a lot younger than Dick Buckus. But like this is a legend gone into the mist. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, everything you're saying about you know the linebacker, like that, that he's the Midwest. Like he is that sensibility, and that's part of the reason he was so beloved. And he was uh, a, a, a son of Illinois. Like he uh, was born in Chicago, uh, played high school ball in Chicago, went to school at the University of Illinois, became a star there. Then played his entire career with the Chicago Bears. So I mean, he he is Chicago. In fact, we have a good clip here that. Uh, uh, Big Funk dug up um, uh, from a press conference where he was honored, I believe, at his uh, college uh, where he's an alumnus of uh, Illinois. And he was, uh, talked a little bit about, you know, the game and why he loved it. It's very a humbling deal. And, you know, and you wonder, you know, why, man? You know, I, I did what I thought I was supposed to do. And I, you know, I I had fun knocking the shit out of people, you know. So, so if it was that unusual, I guess you, you take it, you know. I had fun <laughs> knocking the shit out of people. Uh, he was one of one. Rest in peace, Dick Buckus. You're right, though, Mark. Like we lost Jim Brown. Um, we lose Buckus, and it, it feels like all these kind of heroes of of the 20th century. Uh, you know, you. You know, the passage of time. Undefeated, Mark. Undefeated. As you yourself uh, coming up upon your 50th birthday. Time yeah. stalls for no one. Not, you know, not something I'm like, I'm not one of these. Uh, I don't know who's doing this. I don't want to tag like target or tag certain genres or types, but they want to celebrate their birthday for two months in a row and go to like 48 dinners with 72 friend groups like I will allow it to come and go. Um, I can't believe that will be my age. I don't see myself that way, but you know what? No one does. And then suddenly time tells you, good luck with your own wishes. You don't know what you're doing. So, um, my yeah, favorite, I don't know all- what, like also that statement, what are, where, where are we going? With that <laughs> my favorite all time article ever, or at least headline from the onion, another Chicago based, uh, legendary, um, product, uh, and it, how do you pronounce this? Inexorable? Inexorable? Yeah. Inexorable yeah. March of Time brings TV's Jerry Mathers one step closer to death. And the whole article is just about how Jerry Mathers, the, he was leave it to Beaver, is just getting older. <laughs> <laughs> that is an article. Of, it's sad. It's, uh, it's yeah. accurate. It's logical. Um, okay. Good stuff. Anything else, Mark, before we say goodbye? No, but I want to go track down this... Um, MacGyver episode or episodes that Dick Buckus was on. Like, uh, you know, that was a complex show. There were a lot of like problems being solved. I don't know what role he played. I would say probably a villain. I want to go find out. Right. And I, uh, yeah, we are separated by a, a few years. So uh, while I remember my two dads, um, the show I remember Stacy Keenan from was Step by Step, uh, which yeah. uh, the Patrick Duffy, Suzanne Summers vehicle. Uh, and I'll tell you what, but, a 10-year-old Zuzzer 
uh, found Stacy to be someone that I would have wanted to marry at that time in my life. Like that's what I want my wife to look like. So the fact that you shared a some type of classroom or hall uh, in in the corridors off USC's campus is uh, I'm pretty jealous. I must say. I well, so wait. I will add no more than ten seconds context to this. But like, so my professor created step by step, and that's how we knew her. Um, and so, <laughs> so that's when how he, that's 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 how he he kind of said, "Hey, come like take time out of your day to do this and not get paid for it." States, remember when yeah, I cast come you? read this, come read this like non ruffians <laughs> like um totally failed script and like she read the main female part, but like the whole time I don't know what my role was in that class other than at that point we had already written the thing. I was just sitting there like listening to it. And I'm like, "What is the girl from my two dads doing here?" I'm I was my sensibilities were very aligned with yours. And I was like internally freaking out. Like I had been in LA for like six months and I was like, this is the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. And like, I think at some point I attempted to speak to her. It probably went very poorly. And then everyone vanished. It's like, I don't know, you got one shot and I did, I totally whiffed on that shot. That's for sure. Um, Listen, we all, if you shot your shot, that's the most important thing. Cause then you can't live with regret. Let that be a lesson. I shot to it you. into. I shot it into the bleachers. I think you know. It's like I think the basketball hit a woman in the head who was like trying to like drink a glass of milk. But you shot it. That woman's yeah. in a coma at the Ronald Reagan <laughs> Medical Center. But you shot the ball, and that's what's that's most fair. important. Kids, don't forget True. that. Leave it all on the court. All right. By the way, Dick played Earl Dent on MacGyver, and uh, <laughs> look at Funk coming through again. Check it out on YouTube. There you uh, go. There he is. You know, a real man, a Midwestern man has broad shoulders and a, a nice mustache and, and a masculine face. That was Butkus. He was he, he kind of checked all the boxes. I'm not surprised at all that he was able to transition into a successful career in Hollywood. All right, that's it. Good stuff, good conversation. Congratulations to you Bears fans out there. Rest in peace, Dick Butkus. Keep the young and sweaty movement alive, Commanders fans, even in this dark night. Till next time, keep the call. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. 
You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.